0: Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. And without further ado, we are honored to have. uh, (laughs) Praise the Lord, Virgil. (laughs) Praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, God is great. Do you believe it? God is great. (laughs) He is awesome. I'm going to open with a word of prayer. We just thank you, Lord, for. Your grace and your mercy and your loving kindness. We thank you for your Holy Spirit being in this place, and we just pray uh, that you will change our hearts even now and begin to prepare us to hear your word, Lord God. And as we hear your word, we will be changed. Yes, God, we will be new creatures in you. Um, we will not look at what happened yesterday or even earlier this morning, Lord God, but we will be looking forward to what you're going to do and the great things that you're going to do in our lives and through our lives. So we just thank you. And we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter 5. And um, so I know that this is the Thanksgiving weekend, and you guys have ate a lot of turkey and stuffing and ham and mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese and all the good things, right? Then we, we enjoy ourselves. And in preparation for that, some of you may have uh, pulled out a recipe that you had to follow to make some of those delicious items, right? You see that? And there were ingredients that you had to have to make this mac- baked mac and cheese or green bean casserole or whatever you had, sweet potato casserole, right? Right? Okay, good. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so when you looked at those ingredients, they were important that you did every step the way that the recipe called for because you wanted you, the product to turn out the right way, uh, like grandma used to make, or great grandma, or maybe you try something new and you're just going to see if it just tastes decent that you can pass on the table, like I did this season. I actually um, I usually fry a turkey and I decided to uh, grill turkey on the grill? Yes, I did. And it turned out good. Um, and fortunately, Dietrich didn't have a lot of faith in me, so she had another turkey. <laughs> so we had two turkeys. And if you know, there's only me, my wife, and our two kids. We did have our, uh, our two nieces up. Uh, but had two turkeys with just like six people, and that was it. And they still got a lot of turkey at the house. But the grilled turkey turned out really good. But, but you know, you had to have a backup just in case the grilled turkey didn't turn out right. We had something else. Um, but, yeah, you may try something new, but you follow that recipe to make sure that it goes well. And so we're going to look at uh the recipe for a thankful life. Now, I had these, uh, recipe cards that I wanted to give out, and they didn't turn out the way I wanted them to. So I'm going to give them out. I'm going to give them to my wife to give to you guys next Sunday. Hopefully, I'll work on getting, make sure they're, they looked alright. Um, but these are the ingredients for you. This recipe is for a thankful life. And we're going to be coming from First Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to start at verse 12. Um, we're going to read through 22. And it reads, if you get there, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5:12 through 22. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you to esteem them highly, esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the meek, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, But always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. So these things are tied together. These are going to be our ingredients for a thankful life. So, we're going to start with one cup of esteem, them very highly, and love for their work's sake. Now, it says these are laborers and not loiterers. So, we are working. These are people who are working in the ministry. And you are among these people. You should be working. And if you find yourself loitering, then you're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> you should put your hand to the plow and get to work. And we're going to esteem them higher, esteem them highly in love for their work. Uh, we are all working together. And even those who are over you, so your pastors and elders who are over you, uh, 1 Timothy 5, 17 says the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work is preaching and teaching. I'm not trying to esteem myself right now, but (laughs) the word says that you should esteem them even doubly. Um, But you're going to esteem everyone more highly because we're all working in the ministry. Uh, And so you may esteem those who, who take care of you in preaching and teaching more highly. Esteem those highly in love because of their work. Those who do that which is good have need for further exhortation to excite them to do even more good. Uh, as well as continue to do what they're doing. And isn't that encouraging to know that if I, if you're doing something good, just like your children, if they're doing something good, you encourage them so that they will, they will continue to do good. And this is admonishing us to encourage one another that if you see someone doing good, you encourage that behavior, and then they say, oh, I'm going to keep doing that. So we're going to admonish, esteem them highly and love. We're going to do one cup of that. We're going to liberally add, be at peace among yourselves. We're going to add that liberally. Define peace. Uh, peace is defined as to be at peace. I am peaceful. peaceful keep the peace. I am at peace. And this peace means living in the condition of God's peace and the gift of His wholeness. It is not uh, a different piece that we'll look at a little, a little bit later, but it's a piece of look, uh, being at peace. And God, we're going to admonish others highly. We're going to do one cup of that, and we're going to liberally add, be at peace among yourselves. That means that, you know, I think a while ago we talked about we're, we're in a battle. We're each other's battle buddies, right? You got my back. I got your back. We're fighting this war. I need to be at peace with the people that I'm warring with. I'm not warring with you, but I'm warring the world. And so, if I'm not, if I, if there's strife between me and the people that we're in, uh, we're in battle with, then I have to fight the world and I gotta fight among my platoon. That's a lot of fighting. <laughs> and we're not built for that. We're supposed to be at peace with one another so that then we can fight the enemy. And we can bring the fight to the enemy. If the enemy knows that we're quarreling with one another, he's not worried about that. He's like, hey, there's no peace there. They're going to be fighting one another. I'm not to have to worry about them. So we need to work at being at peace with one another. That also is important when you think about being at peace with one another. That, that means that I have some relationship with you. You might know my business, right? <laughs> and I should know your business. Because uh, we're in this together. We're joined together. We're tightly fitted together. We are the body of Christ. Our body is not... My hand is over here doing one thing, and this hand is doing another. We're working together, and as we work together, we're going to know one another really well. And we sometimes may rub up against one another, but that is when we call on the peace of God to be with us. Now, uh, we got a cup full of esteem, highly and love. We're going to liberally add, be at peace among yourselves. Three, we're going to season with. Um, I put in the thing that says season with warn, comfort, and uphold. But we're going to warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, and uphold the weak. And this is important. Um, warn is to admonish, admonish uh, to counsel, to exhort. From the same as nourish, to, nourish I mean to nurse or to put in mind. Uh, you're going to reprove gently when you warn someone when they're unruly. Um, and this is where the peace is important as well because you may have some th- times where your friends will become unruly and you may have to check them, right? And I got to be able to receive that check and you got to know me well enough to check me, uh, right? Right. That's important relationship. is important. Uh, so we're going to warn those who are unruly. We're going to comfort the faint-hearted. That means I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to console them. I'm going to exhort them. Uh, this kind of comfort means to be close beside and then soothe speaking. Properly means comfort, uh, comforting that shows sympathy or an encouragement. Cheering someone up by soothe speaking uh, with a personal touch. Again, this is relationship building. I have to know you to know what you're going through to be able to give you a comforting word that soothes you. It feels like, oh, I appreciated that. Now I can go a little bit further in this race that I'm running. Now I can do the the challenge that was ahead of me, and I feel I can climb this mountain. Uh, So we're going to warn those unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, and uphold the weak. Uphold is to hold fast, to hold firmly to. And the Greek, it says specifically, it says to hold against. So that means that... Let's say you're picking up a, a heavy dresser. The person whose burden that is may be on one side, and you, because you're going to uphold them, you're going to balance that and be on the other side. So it's not we're taking. I'm taking all of their load. Is that I'm going to come up beside them, and where they're struggling to pull this along, I'm going to lift it up so it's a little bit easier. And if we get a couple of friends that get around this, and help them lift this load, then we can make sure this sister or brother make it through. Uphold the weak. And sometimes these are important that we do because uh, in the fourth thing, we're going to add a lot of be patient with all. Because we can become impatient with weakness. We can become impatient with those who are unruly, right? Somebody please get them, man. They're out of order. Isn't that what we say? And then when we, you know, we look at them. And we might nudge our wife or husband, and say, "Do you see that?" But we don't say anything to them. We don't uh, warn them about their unruliness. You see their righteous lifestyle they're living. But it says that we we should be in relationship, a good enough relationship with them, that we can warn them gently about the way they may be living. And we should be in good enough relationship with someone and we know that they're hurting, and we're going to comfort them. We're going to give them a soothing word. And we should know that someone is carrying a burden, and we're going to help them hold this up. We're going to go around that sister or brother, and we're going to help them lift this this burden. We're going to help them up this, this hill and help them run this race. We're going to be patient. Add a lot of be patient with all. And I meant to say this earlier. I specifically said did not put in this recipe, whether it was a dessert or entree or appetizer, because you can make it whatever you want it to be, whatever is your favorite. <laughs> so if you're a dessert kind of person, then it could be the pie of cake of thankful uh, thankful lifestyle. If you like the entree, you want the turkey and all the fixings, then it could be that. Uh, if you just like to nibble like I do, then it could be just appetizers and a little of everything. Whatever your favorite dish is, this is what this is because we're going to make this a part of our life. Add a lot of patience, a long suffering, have patience, forbearing, uh, perseverance. We're going to incorporate. Never render evil for evil, but always pursue good for yourself and all. I see that again. Always pursue good for yourself. And it didn't just say for your brothers and sisters. It didn't just say for the members of Cornerstone. It didn't just say for those who are saved or those who are walking in Christ. It said for all. You know what all in Greek is? All. (laughs) It has not changed. It means all. For It means that for those people who mean you no good, you're going to pursue good for them. That's rough, right? Because we might know people who mean us no good. Uh, At work, a lot of times, and I might have said this before, there are people who are, I call them very petty. So if someone, you know, I work a shift, and you can't leave until your relief is there. And so some guys, you know, 6 o'clock, we're at 12-hour shifts, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. or 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and some guys get there at 5, 5.15, 5.30 uh, because they, you know, I get there early because I want to make sure that the person that I'm relieving know that I'm there so they don't have to worry about, uh-oh, it's 5.55, are they going to show up? Well, there's some people who are notoriously always late, and we can count on those, and then some people get really upset about that, and they'll say, oh, they didn't get here until 5.55, even though I got here at 5.20, I'm not going to go down to relieve them until 5:55. I tell these, I say, that's so petty. I don't have time to think about <laughs> who did what the shift before and am I going to get that person back because they came in late uh, when I was supposed to be relieved? No, do good for yourself and for everyone else. Just do good. And I tell them all the time. Just do right. Don't be petty. Come on, grow up. <laughs> Uh, some guys would say other choice words, but I just say don't be petty and grow up uh, because it is inc- important that you just do, do what's right. Do what's good. A lot of times people leave work undone and then the other person gets mad and then they leave work undone to get back at that person. I said, I don't have time to think about what someone else did. Uh, one guy, he, he, uh, I was two, me and another guy working together and the shift that was relieving us, uh, he was going to get back at the other guy. And he came in and said, oh, I'm going to get him because he left all this trash for me. I said, well, if you if you try to screw him over, you're screwing me over because we're working together. He was like, oh, brother, I didn't think about it like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I won't do it. I said, that is why you just do good regardless. So you don't have to worry about, oh, I'm going to, I'm just going to get him and not you. No, we're working together. So if you're saying you're going to mess things up to get back at him, we're working the same shift and we're going to – Uh, you're going to mess me up. And I think he respected me enough and he felt bad about that, so he didn't do what he said he was going to (laughs) do. But that is how we should be always, that we're just going to do good for ourselves and for everyone else, regardless of whether it's repaid or whether it's returned or whether they did whatever to me, we're just going to do good. And it's easy to keep track that way. I don't have to think about it (laughs) or toil over it. I'm just going to always pursue good for Myself in all. Add an unmeasurable amounts of rejoice always. Add unmeasurable amounts. This is a big this probably is just a stew because there's a lot in here. <laughs> unmeasurable amounts of rejoice always. Exodus Exodus 820. Uh through 24, and oftentimes this year I was reminded of this scripture uh, because God really blessed us, uh, me and my wife, this year uh, with all the trials and everything else. The death of my father, my knee—he's still blessed and maintained. Uh, Exodus 8:20 it talks about uh, the, there was the plagues, and this was the fourth plague of the flies, and it says uh, specifically, uh, let's see, let me go to think verse 22. Uh, and it says, In the day I will set apart the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land. And often it's a simple thing. I said there were no flies in Goshen. I mean, the uh, the Lord has sent a plague uh, to to Pharaoh. This is the fourth plague. And a friend of frogs, he turned the water to blood, I think was the first one. Uh and, and it smelled, and I can imagine and now he was sending all these flies. But he said that there will be no flies in Goshen. And I get from that is that no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what pandemic, <laughs> no matter what <laughs> plague, no matter what, whatever is going on in the world, that God can protect his children. Because there were no flies in Goshen. And he sent a plague of flies. But they did not hurt the children of Israel. They didn't come nigh to them. And so, even throughout all this year, you know, my job is an I was just a, considered an essential worker. We joked about that at work. I don't seem too essential. Uh, so never, never missed a beat. My wife already works from home, so we she never had to you know do stop anything. My kids were homeschooled, so they didn't change anything for us. So we often said, I. Nothing has changed for us. We, <laughs> we sometimes wish maybe we should have done did something, did something differently, uh, but nothing changed. My, nothing, nothing, out of all of this, nothing really changed for it. No, you know, what was going on in the world really did not have a, a direct personal effect on our income and our job or whatever because there were no flies in Goshen. God can keep you in the midst of calamity, God can protect you his children, in the midst of calamity. And your story may have been different. <laughs> uh, Habakkuk three seventeen through 19 says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, or the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herds in the stalls, Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and He will make me walk on my high heels. So, your story may not have been that. Maybe you got laid off. Maybe your income was affected. Maybe things didn't look as good, and the stalls were empty. You praise Him. You rejoice. At the top of the mountain, you rejoice in the valley. That's what it's telling us. No matter what, rejoice always. So whether I'm on the top of the hill, on top of the roof, or in the basement of the house, I'm going to rejoice always. And my rejoicing is not because it's not happiness based off of what is happening around me, but it is a joy, and that joy is because of what God has done. It is not based off of what the world can offer me. It is not external. It is because of God and his righteousness and his strength and his salvation. I have joy. If I just, depend, if I just think about the goodness, <laughs> if I was in some churches, somebody might jump up and scream and yell. <laughs> but if I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. That is reason enough to rejoice in and of itself. Philippians 4, 4 says rejoice in the Lord always. And it says again I will say rejoice. Uh, rejoice means to be glad. It is to properly to delight in God's grace It means literally to experience God's grace and be conscious or glad for his grace. Psalms 100 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. So, no matter what is going on, we will rejoice. An unmeasurable amount of rejoicing. We're going to add to this stew or... Soup or whatever you, whatever, what is it, a pie for some of you, cake, casserole, (laughs) mac and cheese, real cheesy. (laughs) Uh, And as we rejoice, we're going to stir in prayer without ceasing. Uh, Without ceasing, nonstop, nothing left behind, without unnecessary intervals. Intervals. That is important. So prayer without ceasing doesn't mean that you're going to forsake everything else and pray. You're going to pray. You're going to make sure that uh, whatever you're doing, there is an opportunity for you to pray. It's in, within reason. So it doesn't mean that I stop everything and I just need to pray all day, all the time. But in everything I'm doing, I can you can be praying. Uh, the meaning is not that men should do nothing but pray, but that nothing else we should, nothing should we do, to hinder prayer in its proper season. Prayer will help forward and not hinder all other lawful business and every good work. So prayer is going to prepare us for what is coming. Pray always and not faint. Pray without weariness. Continue and pray till we, uh, till we come to that world where prayer shall be swallowed up in praise. We should always be prayer, prayerful, uh, persistent in our prayer. Can be seen in Luke eighteen one through eight. Paul repeatedly urges us to do the same in Romans twelve twelve and Ephesians six eighteen. And we're not going to turn there, but pray without ceasing. You're going to stir that in, and then you're going to place everything in the bowl of in everything. Give thanks. That's what's holding everything together. Give thanks. If we pray without ceasing, we will not want matter, Uh, we will not lack for wanting to give thanks if we are praying. As we must in everything make our requests made known to God by supplications so that we not omit thanksgiving, Philippians 4 and 6. We should be thankful in every condition, even in adversity as well as prosperity. As we talked about in rejoicing, we should be thankful in everything. If we have ever much occasion to make a humble complaint to God, we can never have reason to complain of God. We have always much reason to praise and give thanks to God. Philippians 4 4 again says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known. And the peace, come on, of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How many of you needed your heart and mind guarded this year? God knows. (laughs) I did. And do still. Uh, That is why I will continue to praise him and give thanks. Psalms 100 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. That's good stuff. Enter. Come on. That means that we don't have to prime and pump you when you come to church, that you already enter with some Thanksgiving on your lips because of all that he's done for you. So entering in and and getting into praise and worship should be easy uh, because you've already came in the door with thanksgiving on your hearts and on your mind because the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. You're going to top where we are stirred. Stirred with praying without ceasing. Place it in the bowl of give and in everything give thanks. And this is not because of everything, but in every situation. So we're not thankful for sickness. We're not thankful for calamity happening or things happening in our lives. But we, in that situation, can give thanks to the Lord who is over all and in all. So in that situation, we can give thanks. And then we're going to top it off with several cups of Don't Quench the Spirit. And don't despise prophecies. <laughs> to sprinkle that. You know how you do that sweet potato casserole and you sprinkle that uh, pecan crumble on top. It's all sugary and crusty and it's the goodness of Jesus right there on it. Yes. <laughs> That's what this is. You don't quench the spirit and don't despise prophecy. Uh, the Quench the spirit actually literally means to, um, to extinguish, to put out. So when I looked at it, I said, how do we quench the spirit, you know? how can we put out the spirit? Uh, And they said, so if you go with uh, the spirit as a fire burning, and you can put out a fire, uh, you put out a fire by removing the fuel. Right? So if you remove the fuel, you you know, you won't have a fire. And removing yourself from the spirit, putting something in between you and the spirit, you know, removing your spirit from the spirit and all that is within us, and said, hey, we're going to take ourselves out. We're going to withdraw from the Spirit. And that will, that fire will go out. Also, if you put enough water and dirt on fire, it will go out. If you put enough sin on the Spirit, if you compound it with your earthly things, and your doves, and your carnal lusts and affections, and your idol worship, then the spirit will slowly fade out of your life. Right? That's how we extinguish the spirit. It says don't do it. Don't quench the spirit, and don't despise prophecies. Uh, Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Uh, And this is prophecies, uh, the gift of communicating and enforcing revealed truth, with contempt meaning you despise completely. You consider it nothing. You have eliminated, you want to eliminate it all And it says do not despise prophecies." The eleventh ingredient, and we've gone through several, we'll go back, we'll review in a minute. <laughs> we're going to add salt, we're going to add the salt of test all things. This is just a little salt. Maybe it's sugar if it's a dessert for some of you. You're going to sprinkle a little sugar on it, sprinkle some salt on it. Test all things. You're going to approve. That means you're going to do the things that God has called you to do and see if it works. That's what he wants. That's that's the testing. You're going to say, hey, you want me to rejoice? You want me to be thankful in everything, in every situation? All right, I'm I'm going to see if that works for me. I'm going to see what power I gain from that. You want me to rejoice always? All right, I'm going to rejoice always. I going to proclaim the goodness of the Lord at all times. You want me to pray without ceasing? All right, in every situation, I'm going to pray. Test it. See if it works. Let me know if this recipe is good. Put all these steps together and see if this is good eating. Psalms 34, I think, says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So test them. Test. Add the salt of test all things. Prove the Lord. Um, And then the last thing I think we have, I think because there are 12 ingredients to this dish, yeah, is to make a healthy side portion of hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. This is good because God doesn't just tell you to get rid of evil and leave you out there to fend for yourself. He said, hold fast to what is good and abstain from evil. And abstaining from evil is meaning to get as far away from evil as possible and pick up what is good. So the opposite of evil would be to uh, hold fast to what is good. You're going to take possession. You're going to restrain it. You're going to keep it in hand. um, You're going to lay hold of what is good. the only way you're going to know what is good is if you test some things, right? And you can read his word and find out a lot of good things. Uh, In Micah 6, 8, it says, and it's talking about what is good. It says, he has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So he's telling you what's good. To do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. If we can do those, then we're doing what's good. We're going to abstain from evil. Why do we need this recipe? Why do we need thankfulness in our lives, right? You may be asking yourself, why do I need to be thankful? Why is it important? I've been unthankful all my life. Why do I need it now? (laughs) I don't need this dish Virgil is trying to sell me or want me to eat. Uh, I say you do. And if you think that way, then you definitely do. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, why do you need thankfulness? Well, one, because God commands us to give thanks. His love endures forever. He is good. His mercies are everlasting. So, one, he commands it, but two, because he's so good to us. He has redeemed us. He loved us before we knew what love was. He saw us at the cross and loved us in our mess and died and covered us with his blood. God, that's good. (laughs) That's good right there in and of itself, and that is why you can have – that's why you can rejoice – no matter what's going on, and in every situation you can give thanks because you are redeemed, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's nothing better and greater. You can gain the whole world and lose your soul. That is reason enough to give thanks. That's why we need to be thankful. Feeling and and expressing appreciation is good for us like any father, you want your children to be thankful for all that you've done for them, right? You give yourself your time and your efforts and your financial uh, benefit to your children, and you encourage them, and you want them to be thankful. And not if you, even if you don't have children, you want your friends to be thankful. If, you, thankful if you've gone out of your way, even if you didn't go out of your way, if you just did something <laughs> simple, you still want to be appreciated for that, you know. If you're working, if you're a manager, you want your team to know that they're appreciated for the work that you do. And if you're an employer or under someone, you want your manager to appreciate the work that you do. It encourages you to do better. It encourages you to do more. You appreciate that they recognize your good effort. And you being thankful recognizes God's good effort, all that he's done for you. And it shows, hey, you're not arrogant, you're not self-centered, uh, you're not without gratitude. Giving thanks also reminds us of how much he loves us and how much he's done for us. Uh, we thank him for the promises that all things will work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Romans eight twenty eight. I'm gonna we'll close there. I have Colossians one, but I, I might jump on that. Let's do. It. <laughs> but this is good. Um, that is a good promise to know that all things. Sometimes you guys, it doesn't feel like all things work together. When you're in the middle of some murk and mire, <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. Look like all things work together, but His promise. I'm going to stand on what he said. All things work together for the good, for those who love God and are called to his purpose. I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. And I know that even when it looks bad, he's going to turn that thing around for my good. I often think about Job and all that Job lost and that Job was able after, all, after losing all of that to have joy again. And to praise God even in the midst of all that. Because he was sold out for God and not for the world or what my ben- whatever I could get or gain or all the things I could accumulate. No, it is for him and him alone that I live this life. Colossians 1. And we're going to close this. And this kind of encapsulates all that we've covered, all this good recipe. Uh, like I said, I'm going to have a, a recipe card for you guys to uh, get so you can maybe place it on your refrigerator and remind yourselves to be thankful and, um, you know, you want to make a maybe you add some other things to it. I don't know. Add some love and – I don't know. some other, You may tinker with the recipe. You know how we do, you know. We're going to put some seasoned salt and some hot sauce in it, you know, just to – Make it a little Cajun style or something like that, you know. <laughs> but it's going to be the core of what he, what's in here. But we might add some things to it to spice it up a little bit. Uh, make it your own. Uh, live this life, make it your own. Colossians 1, um, verse 9. We can start at verse 9. It says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. For with all patience and longsuffering, with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has. We're going to give him thanks because he has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. That's good enough right there. We don't need to go further, but we are. <laughs> that he has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son, of his love. That's good, y'all. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Giving thanks. These are good enough reasons right here. If nothing else. To give thanks to God. All he is done. He is good, y'all. 2020 may have been a rough year, and it was. And you may have experienced some loss, some personal loss. And um, things may have been difficult. Um, even job loss, so or whatever the case may be. Uh, illness, disease, uh, whatever. He is still good. He is still good. So the ingredients, and I have this, uh, I started it, but like I said, it didn't come out. I had like some car stock that was real nice, and it, the printer wouldn't take the cardstock, so I'm going to have to do something different. Uh, but if you really, really want just to have This I'll give it to you, but just know this isn't my best work right here. Uh, (laughs) I want it to look nice. You can't even see the title. It's faded. Anyway, uh, ingredients is a cup of esteem, them highly in love. Liberally add, be at peace among yourselves. Season with warn, comfort, and uphold. Add a lot of be patient with all. Incorporate always, pursue good for yourself and others. Add immeasurable amounts of rejoice always. Stir in, pray without ceasing. Place everything in the bowl of in everything give thanks. Top with several cups of don't quench and don't despise. Add a salt of test all things. And make a healthy side portion of hold fast to what is good. And you will have, there is your recipe for a thankful life. Let's close in prayer. Oh, let me pray, and then we'll have someone close. Um, dear God, we just thank you for your word. We just thank you for this season of thanksgiving. Um, we look not to just ourselves, but to give to others during this time. And, and of course, no said there are opportunities for us to give, and we want to make sure we participate in those, but uh, let us let us just remember the simple things the people around us, our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, to give to them, whether it be just a card or a small gift or just a kind word, an encouraging word, to let them know Jesus loves them, that this is uh, he is the reason for this season, uh, and that we be a light to them, that they may know him through us and the way we live. Lord, well, we just thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy and your love and kindness and we pray that we put this recipe into practice and live a thankful life in jesus name amen thank you thank you for listening to this message from cornerstone community church we are located in lynchburg virginia at 525 old graves mill road you can find us online at cornerstone contact us by email cornerstonecom at comcast.net Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.